Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I am joined for this very special Friday episode with Meredith. Hi. Back from the beach, looking tan and refreshed. Oh, yeah. Nothing like hanging out in the sun or mm-hmm. sort of near the sun. Sure. In a tent. Yeah. Uh, sun adjacent. Yeah. Is what I call it. Along with a lot of delicious food and good company. I 100% thought you were going to say delicious men. Uh, no, it was South Carolina. There were no <laughs> delicious men. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Sorry to South Carolina. Sorry to hear about your uh, depleted arsenal of hotties. Yeah, it was uh, it was not good. I definitely saw more racist than I did oh, uh, yeah. hotties. Yeah. You, sorry, I went Kool Aid Man for a second. Uh-huh. You tweeted that like somebody set up Confederate flags or something. Yeah, there was a group of dudes who set up a volleyball net. We're definitely doing like the let's all bro down and do like Top Gun volleyball scene. Sure. Um, but it had like but the very Toby Keith like. Uh, red solo cup kind of vibe to it Uh, but they had two flags one regular american and one confederate and they set them up next to each other and we all just rolled our eyes and thought oh man can you imagine like bringing any flag to the beach i have a hard time i mean like weird ironically making wearing your american flag bathing suit is funny sure but like only on the 4th of July and definitely not when you have a Confederate flag with you. Uh, hard agree. That I just, it's so much effort to be a fucking racist, you know? Like, know. you gotta go buy a Confederate flag. You gotta bring it to the beach. Like, yeah. with all of your other beach equipment. And they had a ton. Yeah. yeah. They also found the one black family that was sort of in oh, that general cool, vicinity to cool. set their, uh, you know. You fucking assholes. Oh, yeah. Uh, this family just wanted to go to the beach and fucking relax, and now they have racists sitting next to them. Cool. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, well, that's terrible, but I'm glad other than that it was relaxing. Um, guys, since we're in the pop culture section, why don't we get to some recommendations? I've got some. I just watched uh, the Sense8 finale. Ooh. Delightful, as always. I actually, I love the characters so much. I literally would have watched it if it was just like a three-hour dinner of those (laughs) characters just talking. Would have been great. Um, It was so good that I ignored the many, many plot holes in it. My favorite thing about Sense8 is how the characters, even when they're like on the lam Mm -hmm. somewhere, the hair and like the dye jobs and like... The bleach jobs and their clothing is just so on point the whole time. I just hope when I inevitably go on the run from authorities, I look that on point always. Um, It's just impressive. And I don't know if this is a spoiler. I don't think it is. I won't tell you who the characters are who are involved. There's a wedding at the end. Mm. And uh, I cried through the whole thing. So... It was that good that I ignored the... Um, I mean, they were sort of given an impossible task where they had to wrap up an entire series in what is essentially a movie. Yeah. So the final episode is like two and a half hours. Okay. Um, and they had to pull together all the threads. So yeah, did they stick the landing entirely? No, but I, it was still impressive given yeah. the circumstances. And it was still like, this is the one that got canceled. And so this was the chance to like come back and actually... Tie up the storylines. Yes. And they dedicated yeah. the episode to their fans, basically. Yeah. Like, thank you for giving us an opportunity to, like, have an ending. Yeah. Um, and then during the credits, they showed uh, the actors meeting their fans just on the different oh. location. It was very sweet. 
the guy who plays the cop cries a lot. Like anytime that something moving happens happens and they cut to him, he is just a mess, sobbing. God bless. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, sweet. So that's one of my recommendations. Also, I actually don't know how to pronounce her name. Is it just like Lee? It's Licky Lee. Licky Lee. Okay. Uh, her new album is the bomb. It's Ooh, awesome. I I have loved a lot of her stuff, so yeah. I'll have to check it out. Very good. Um. And yeah, those are my recommendations. What you got? Uh, well, you've got the World Cup starting today, Thursday, Ooh. running through July 15th, which is my favorite thing in the world for the next month. Uh, and today, Thursday, was the opening match, and it was between Russia and Saudi Arabia. So that one was a little weird. Uh, where, where do you watch it? Is there um, like a good bar to go to? There are a ton of good bars. Okay. There are several. Um, I'm happy to provide a link with a couple of city yeah, recommendations. Let me, let I can do know, that. I would definitely. Um, go but I, that. you know, there's also uh, it's on Fox, Fox Sports, and Telemundo. So there is it is possible to watch a number of them either online or through regular television. I'm so definitely yeah. one of those people, much like Eurovision, where I don't pay any attention until it's actually happening. And then suddenly I'm like the most obnoxious person in the world where I'm no. so into it. But I am kind of a poser because up until that moment, I don't follow. My younger sister is a huge soccer fan. So she has been talking about the different national teams, different players that she's a big fan of. She watches Champions League, Premier League, Bundesliga, Liga Italia, all of the everything. Mm. Um, so I have a pretty good sense of, of what's going on. Um, but generally, yeah, it was super weird to turn it on. I missed Robbie Williams singing the opening, oh. uh, doing the opening performance. He was the one God. who was... Remember Robbie Williams, everyone? Yeah, and if you don't, I highly recommend looking up his episodes of Cribs because, oh my. <laughs> what? I never saw that. Oh my God. Here's another recommendation for you. Uh, there was an episode of... of Cribs uh, when he had released his album Millennium which was uh he sings cheekily uh and is British pop starish um and he's in a villa in the south of France and it's not his he's renting it so he does like a fake tour where he's showing everybody around oh, and he's like okay. really cheeky turns out that house was owned by Jane Seymour uh, and when he was and he was renting it while he was recording, but he tells an amazing story on the Graham Norton show about how uh, he got a hand job from someone he thought was a cleaning lady, but it turned out was just a person that had come into his house what? and like wanted to give him. Hold uh, on, I have so many questions. Uh, well, I mean, we're gonna have to watch this video because it Wait, doesn't did make she, any like, sense. Pose as the cleaning? She said, "Yeah." Oh, so okay, he didn't just assume. Like, I think he might have. There was house. like an assumption. He was sleeping, and like I think he assumed, and she kind of went with it, and then was sort of like, "I'm tidying, tidying," and then suddenly just like. <laughs> You know how you go from tidying to uh, jerking off a uh, pop star? Yeah. How well, I mean, let's face it. Robbie Williams was a weird-ass dude, so was, it does yeah. not surprise me. But So he he performed, and then I missed that, which was sad, because I turned it on just in time to see uh, Vladimir Putin give his little opening speech. And right, I thought, yeah, right. it's just great. We got this guy. We yeah. got some Saudi like princes. Sure. Let's get all like, the authoritarian dictators yeah. up in here. Yeah. I know. Small comfort is that they're the two lowest-ranked teams in the tournament, so they'll be gone soon. And then oh, we can yeah. uh, we can root for like good people, like the 
Germans? I mean, I is it like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if um, yeah. you have a very, very limited memory of history. The Germans. Yeah. I highly recommend uh, rooting for Columbia because mm-hmm. they're awesome and uh, really fun to watch. Scrappy. Mm-hmm. Or Iceland because Iceland made it into the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just an underdog story because their yeah. team is, what, 20 dudes? And there's 350,000 people in the entire country. So. <laughs> yeah. A significant a chunk of them, yeah. Yeah, significant like they were chunk. When they left, like, yeah, at the pub that night, they're like, "Where, where is everybody?" Yeah, exactly. Oh, the World Cup, right, right, yeah. right. So those are my those are my teams, uh, and cool. then yeah. Also, the Nigerians have the best uniforms. Also, highly recommend. They're like neon green Ooh, chevron patterns. Yeah. It's like very very cool, and they are literally the only people who could ever pull that pull it off. off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for example, I would look hideous in that uniform. Um, Meredith, why why did I reopen my Bumble account? Why did oh, I do it? Oh no, that is That's why I'm my phone just vibrated. Uh here here's something that happened to me yesterday. When a guy just has his height in his profile where it just is mm-hmm. like six foot two, I my my response is always like, You asshole, and then I swipe right. Mm-hmm. Because let's be real. You love tall men. Love tall men. Uh and I'm weak. I'm a weak person and I don't apologize for it. Speaking of being a weak person, <laughs> I thought I my weekend plans were I was like, I'm going to go see Hereditary on Saturday. And here's what happened. I went on Fandango, I bought my ticket, and I realized I bought it for today, Thursday. And as was pointed out to me later by other people, they were like, did you try to like cancel it? Or like, re-? and I was like, <laughs> no, I'm just going to see Hereditary on Thursday. <laughs> So after we're done recording, I'm going to do some errands and then I'm going to see a real scary movie by myself at the Alamo Draft House. Yeah. And I was saying this is something I've been really struggling with <laughs> because I desperately want to see this movie as well. But I have heard so much about it. Yeah. Not anything about the plot, but everyone's reactions to it Just has been so is, terrified yeah. that I I know that it is a deeply terrible idea to not just not go by myself, <laughs> but to not go when I have to be by myself afterwards oh, for mean, like, several I'm days. Have to do? Like me? Oh yeah. Oh, who's gonna protect me? Desmond, the cat. Uh, all right. First of all, you know that Penny would cut a bitch. I, yeah, I think and, Penny would have you know. my back. Desmond would run <laughs> as fast as his fat little body could carry him. Uh, yes, a hundred percent. So here's my reasoning, though. I was like, I'm going to go to the Alamo Draft House for the reasons I usually don't like going to the Alamo Draft House, which is I find it very distracting when people are ordering drinks and like the the waiters have to like yeah. rush and they're like trying to duck down. It really takes me out of the movie. So I feel like that will protect me from how terrifying this movie is. Yeah. We're like actively <laughs> choosing uh, viewing options in order to lessen as much as possible yeah. the experience I, because I we're all too the afraid. effect and the experience of the movie so I'm not traumatized yeah. by it. Although, but, yeah, I really would prefer, I, like, I don't want to end up crying and or vomiting from fear. So, hey, you know. Are like, you a puker? Um, I have, I, the only movie I've ever puked out at out of uh, distress was um, the remake of Funny Games. Oh, shit. I hated it so much that the that I immediately broke up with a dude that I was on a date oh with, uh, who decided he who was the one that said he wanted to see it. Did I was you do so during f- the movie or after the movie. I waited until after, but I didn't go back in after the vomiting. <laughs> so once he walked out, because he, he did not come out to see how where <gasps> oh, I was, like when I had dude. left. So uh, yeah, that was That's the shady. that was the end. I was like, sorry, dude, this is just not. Wow. I can't respect or ever fuck somebody who would make me go see something that's awful. And then he awful. would check on you. Nope. You were like obviously upset. Ew, fuck yeah. that guy. 
yeah, well, with Hereditary, it was one of those movies where everyone was like, oh, I totally want to see that. Let's go see that. But then anytime I would send like a movie time, people were like, ah, I can't do it. So I was finally like, fuck that. I'm going on my own. I really like going to the movies on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so do I. I just don't want to. I'm not great at going to the movies by my own when it's going to make me really scared. Sure, I totally get that. Um, but yeah, I guys, I'll have a review for you next week. If I don't get frightened to death. <laughs> I like that I'm seeing it at night, too. Oh, yeah. Guys, I've done everything in my power to make this the scariest situation possible. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to try to go walk home blindfolded. So we'll see <laughs> how, how that goes, right? Uh, any other reading or listening recommendations or viewing? Um, well, when I was at the beach, I picked up a random John Le Carré spy novel, Ooh. one of his older ones, and was reminded how much I really enjoy them. Which one? Uh, it was The Looking Glass War. It was his yeah. second book. And that one I just like ripped through in the course of like two days, uh, yeah. which was wonderful. And I really enjoyed like So that, that was nice. Did you ever see... Um, oh, fuck. What's its name? Um soldier spy uh, tinker taylor soldier spy yeah um the original or the one with gary oldman gary oldman yes i really enjoyed it i just found it like after i saw it i was like what and i had to like go read a wikipedia page about the plot because i had never read the book Mm -hmm. and i feel like the movie almost gives the audience too much credit yeah you get it right and i was like no what's happening at the end (laughs) yeah see the the there was an original like a mini series that they did for pbs that starred alec guinness aka obi-wan kenobi and it was i think it was like eight hours oh wow so they had more time. They it. actually yeah. were able, they told the whole story. And so you end up, it's really easy to see what you miss when you watch the streamlined version, just mm. because there's so much there. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that they thought, yeah, two and a half hours, we can totally make this happen. No, they no, it was banana. I mean, I usually hate, I usually want movies to do that, to give the audience a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. And I don't like being spoon, fle- spoon fed the plot. But that movie, I was really like, I I missed something. Yeah, you. I mean, <laughs> it's one thing to be not spoon fed. It's another thing that when you have no idea where in the double and triple crosses you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, uh, that's your reading rack. Yeah, and I think for movies, uh, think about revisiting um, Strictly Ballroom, Baz Luhrmann's first movie from 1992. I never saw it. Um, it is delightful. On a rainy day at the beach, I had people. We turned it on and had an absolute blast. It's so sweet and romantic, Aww. and it takes place in the weird, gaudy ballroom dancing world in Australia and a AKA bunch of Baz's jam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and a star, you know, it's kind of like the cutting edge, but like really gay and bright. Love it. Um, and the dude who's in it is so hot. Who is it? Paul Mercurio. And he is, he is, that uh, familiar. yeah, he was also in the garbage, uh, SNM movie, uh, East of, no, not East of Eden. I was like, what? No, Escape Room is something. Anyway, it was a it was a weird movie where Rosie O'Donnell and Dan Aykroyd have to try and solve a crime, and they end up going undercover to a BDSM <laughs> resort in the Bahamas. Oh wait, I kind of remember this. <laughs> and then, oh my god, uh, yeah, he plays a he plays a guy who is super repressed and is into spanking. It's not like he's got the like the least uh, scandalous. 
exit to Eden? Oh, yep, that one. Okay. Um, I always. do kind of remember those. It is bad. So he's in that, and then he's just kind of been around. But that's the, you know, he's... Okay. He is. But that's, uh, that recommendation is, is just sweetness and light and hilarious costumes and every, you know, you can't help but feel good, so... Love it. Yeah. Uh, I also just finished... Uh, the Staircase. Oh, my God. Netflix, which I had seen years and years and years ago. But this was like the updated mm-hmm. documentary version um, of just like the court proceedings and where the case is at and all of that. And I don't know. I still think he didn't do it. Hmm. I mean, I'm fascinated by that because the filmmakers are so biased. So and biased. But here's the thing that they I agree that the documentary is totally biased. But the one piece of forensic evidence that I just don't understand is her skull's not fractured. Oh, and yeah. her brain wasn't swollen or bruised. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, if he had beaten her to death, You'd there would have been something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's lots of like useful, good questions. I think you can say that there were problems in the the case and how it all went down. But it, yeah, I, in the end, I'm like, guys, like, couldn't you have been a little bit? I don't know. It's just they have introduced a different set of doubts into the case yeah. although uh, i'm obsessed with the owl theory like oh my god it's the greatest oh, somebody thing wrote into the show because i was laughing about what a dumb yeah. theory that is and they were like uh, my parents live like right by that home and actually that's a huge problem the oh yeah no i mean like the owl theory is hilarious i don't think that it's stupid it's like they actually i've read people like scientists saying like I, actually yeah they do attack they're I, motherfuckers yeah, i really believe that she fell and then in her haze kept trying to stand up and her feet kept slipping out from mm-hmm. under her and she kept hitting her head uh like because some people are like well maybe he didn't beat her to death maybe he just pushed her down the stairs but even that like it, it just doesn't make sense with the friend like the seven lacerations in yeah. the back of her head and I'm not saying like he's a good guy. I don't buy that she. I guess these are spoilers. Maybe skip ahead a bit if you haven't seen it and you really care about it. But I don't buy the fact that she knew he was bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he kept that under wraps. Although the escort claims that uh, the male escort who eventually testifies um, said that when they were communicating. Uh, Michael also told him that his wife knew. Yeah. Which could still be a lie. But mm. at least that was like he had yeah, alleged that she knew to somebody mm. else before yeah. she was killed. But I mean, she also could have known and just not minded. That was what was driving me nuts during the trial that everyone like. So here's the impression I got of Kathleen, the the poor woman who um, died. Uh, I got the impression that she was like the cool, more liberal sister. Yeah. And. I would 100% buy that Kathleen knew he was bisexual, didn't care, probably had her own stuff going on, and they just had, like, a really open, fun marriage. Yeah. I would totally buy that, because all of the footage of them is, like, every photo, every video, they are laughing, they, like, they just seem like a really close, happy family. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but her sisters are, seem very conservative and are basically accusing him of being like this icky secret homosexual who lied to their sister and like they never fucking forgave him Mm -hmm. for that. Uh, Which sucks because it like, I would totally buy that she knew and she was just a cool lady and didn't care. Yeah. Um, But it, it's just really painful because her sisters hate him, hate him. Yeah. And think he is this monster and... Like, there's a lot of people making fun of the sisters, which I think sucks, because it's like, they lost their sister. That's yeah. why they're this upset. But, like, man, they wanted this guy to fry. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? When that's your attitude, it's an argument for me against frying people. Yeah. Because yeah. you really, 
yeah, you, you deal also, you, you deal be, with that anger and your loss. You do not get to take it out on and somebody. Like, that level of anger, they can't be rational. Yeah, they're like no matter what evidence you show them, they're just like, no, he fucking did it, and it doesn't matter how many like pieces of evidence you bring in, how many times you show like, hey, this FBI agent fucking lied under oath. Yeah, it like they they don't care. They're just mm-hmm. like, no, he did it. Uh, anyways, guys, it's a good series. You should go watch it. And uh, guys, it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. Boo. So most of my bad news for this episode has to do with the government detaining uh, children, children immigrants, inside various facilities mm-hmm. um this first story is from mcclatchy about how the trump administration is looking to erect tent cities hmm. to house unaccompanied children i don't i don't know tent cities that seems that's like a phrasing i'm a little uncomfortable with I mean, what else could we call these things Yeah, that's the thing all of the euphemisms for concentration camps um like detention centers detention facilities internment camp would work pretty well internment camps um yeah uh, what are some of the other ones i've seen yeah like housing facilities it's been amazing to see as certain media outlets try to dance around the fact that these are internment camps Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if you saw Jacob uh, Soboroff. Oh, yeah, I saw that. It was harrowing. From MSNBC was one of the first reporters allowed into one of these facilities, one of these internment camps, where more than 1,400 migrant children are being held. And Soboroff, like, since he got to go inside it, had a unique perspective and was very, very clear when he was on MSNBC where he was like, this is being called a shelter but these kids are being incarcerated. Yeah. And it just, in my mind, there's no more perfect symbol of America than poor brown people being incarcerated inside a former Walmart. Yeah, I saw you tweet that earlier and it it made me laugh in that, oh, well, I guess it's better than crying right now yeah. because I had quite recently seen the photos that they took that included the mural of Trump with a quote from Art of the Deal. Yeah. A so-called inspirational quote in um, in English and Spanish that comes straight from the Art of the Deal that doesn't even make fucking okay, sense. I was going to ask you about this quote because I don't understand it. Um, do they have it up here? Okay, so when you walk in, yeah, there is a mural of Trump. So when these children are being led into... A uh, detention center. Detention into center. Their they see a image of Trump in front of the fucking American flag and the White House. And uh, what does it say? It's like you have to lose a battle. Sometimes you have to lose the battle to win the war or something like that. Yeah, it's one of, or like that, you know, if you lose the battle, like sometimes you lose battles before you win the wars or I don't know. Oh, sometimes <laughs> losing a battle, you find a new way to win the war. So these children are being told, hey, surprise, you're a part of a war now and it's us on you. Um, yeah, and I, I also, you know, I read other things about, you know, from this report where they, uh, there's supposed to be four boys to a room yes. and they're currently at five to a room because they're running out of space already. Yes. They're almost at capacity as of right now. And they it's got like, like an exemption, right? Yeah. They because got a special exemption. Because the law. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're also like, yeah, they're all in these little 
you know, cots. Also, they have, you know, they yeah. have to scan their arms to get their food. They eat in shifts. They have to like, scan their arms? Yeah, well, there's like a little wristband and you have to check yeah, your yeah. number to make sure that you're like supposed to be on your shift or whatever. Yeah. Um, I saw some people asking where the girls are because obviously uh, Sobroff was allowed into the male facility. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming they're in a separate female facility. Yeah. Well, in... Um, the other thing, I guess this is also technically run by a nonprofit yes. and is a licensed childcare facility, which is a special like distinction underneath the law in terms of where these like the Office of Refugee Resettlement is supposed to keep children. The tent, the internment camps will not be required to meet any licensing, right. uh, like any licensing standards. And I think they're going to be run by our like the private prison groups that are being that are working They're branching out everyone so yeah so if you oh, well, think to be fair the geo group etc have also been running immigration shelters as well and have contracts with different states and uh the federal government that have bed requirements for in- immigrants that right. they're picked up so this is just them sort of expanding into child detention great um uh, yeah yeah and i mean guys if you think this is bad wait until it really gets going because this is this is what they were okay this with showing. What, yeah, this is what they paraded in front of the media because, like, if you see the photos, it's, like, they have little towel hooks that are, like, lettered and, like, the beds have colorful pillows. Supposedly they get classes. Yeah, so it's, it's like, their best, best effort to make this look humane, which it isn't because if any of these kids tried to leave this facility, they would be immediately arrested and deported. Yeah. Um, well, and, uh, you know, somebody made the comparison to Theresienstadt, which is the um, the sort of model children's concentration camp in um, the Czech Republic. And that was held up as this humane, yes. you know, m- model uh, of of what they were doing. So like, hey, guys, we're not actually doing right. any of this. Which um, is you know. always what happens when this kind of like wide reaching, inhumane policy is rolled out it's like well let's give the friendliest version of it to the media uh but i was glad that sober off was still like it's an internment camp <laughs> i just came running out and was like holy shit yeah did not buy it at um, all once again if you haven't called your senator or representatives yeah. and told them that they should be down at one of these centers or in any of the locations that are currently housing um children yeah. um you should do that yes, because absolutely they should Every everyone should be down elected there representative should be down there should be demanding to see what's going on inside them um should be calling for them to be closed obviously uh and the children to be like you know reunited with their families and have the families brought to the united states you know all of that stuff um so oh, on to the the next terrible thing. Yeah. And again, like just a big what the fuck to the so-called pro-life crowd. Um, another story about one of these uh, internment camps or detention centers. A breastfeeding mother says that officials took her baby, like literally ripped her baby off her breast at an immigration detention center, um, which again, and then and then accused her of resisting because she tried to beg them not to take her baby weird yeah um yeah she said she was handcuffed for resisting the separation uh and this is also these are asylum seekers people they've come in and they've begged to be given shelter from horrifically violent conditions including the very gangs that donald trump says all of these people are yeah and jeff sessions just announced that that's no longer a valid Mm -hmm. reason to seek uh, yes. asylum in the United and so States. 
yes, you can seek asylum in the United States, but as soon as you end up, uh, they'll turn you away from a point of entry where you would claim asylum. And then when you try to find another place, they'll arrest you for illegally entering and suddenly your child will be ripped from you and your child is suddenly unaccompanied. Right. Uh, and sometimes they lie to you and say that they're just going to give them a bath and then they never fucking come back, which is so creepy. Like, imagine not speaking the language, not knowing what's going on, and suddenly your baby's gone. Uh, who, your baby who you were just breastfeeding. Yeah, I mean, like, I realize that the people who support policies like this are also racist enough to not consider the lives of these immigrants like to be equal yeah. <laughs> to the lives of white people but how does any border official live with themselves ripping a baby away from their mother well every time somebody asks them the question they uh, are just following orders right. so you and know they were breaking the law they're the bad ones they were breaking the law and it, I so. really feel like we need to teach people in school that just because things are the law, they're not necessarily moral. <laughs> so also, it's not the law. Everything that they're okay, doing is yeah. in contravention of international human rights law. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be like that Jeff Sessions and Donald Trump. Laws. Right. Anything that France has to do with is super gay and not American. <laughs> <laughs> All I have to say is Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions should be in the fucking Hague yeah. and they should be hung for war crimes. Hey, I'd get behind it. Do you have a petition? Uh, <laughs> Is this in writing anywhere? I'll sign uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, disgusting. Um, so also in Customs and Border Patrol news, Customs and Border Protection Agent, a, a Customs and Border Protection Agent, could face internal investigation after questioning a reporter. Oh, God, this too. Uh, yeah. So Agent Jeffrey Rambo, I'm not kidding. Um allegedly asked a reporter about her relationship with a Senate Intelligence Committee staffer, despite not being on the investigation. Uh, Rambo met with journalist Allie Watkins last June in Washington, the Washington Post reported Tuesday, citing people familiar with the incident. Watkins now works for the New York Times, but she worked for Politico at the time of the meeting. According to the Post report, while at the meeting, Rambo asked Watkins about her reporting methods and new details, including dates and locations of trips that she had taken with James Wolfe, who at the time was the director of security for the Senate Intelligence Committee. Um, so obviously Watkins was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like the invasion of that privacy. And it was a- like extra creepy because she's a journalist. Yeah. Um, I mean, the journalist is- thing is a problem because if there were any, obviously... You should never be taking the notes of someone or forcing a journalist to uh, reveal their sources. But if someone's going to try and make you do that, it would be the FBI and Customs and Border Enforcement would have absolutely nothing to do with it. So it's not just that it's super creepy. It's just not at all like it doesn't make any sense that they would. Have you ever had your like notes seized? No, thank God. I did once when I, w- I was going into an internment camp um, in Australia. And I had written down something like the name of the internment camp and then like something I wanted to ask one of the, the prisoners inside. And we had 
been lying and we were saying we were just like um like tourists and Mm -hmm. like uh one of our friends was like a regular visitor just to talk to the prisoners and we were like oh we're just with him uh but i had fully intended to write an article about it yeah afterwards and and they asked me about it they were like are you a reporter are you a reporter i just lied i was like no no no. Yeah, that's the correct answer. No, yeah. no. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think I said it was for my mom. I was like, I'm going to write her a letter afterwards. And I wanted to like remind. And they were like, oh, OK. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so also in bad news, guys. Um, <laughs> Steve King. Oh, boy, Steve King. Oh. He's gone radio silent recently after promoting a well-known neo-Nazi on Twitter. Representative Steve King, who, as a reminder to everyone, is a Republican from Iowa, retweeted a British neo-Nazi on Tuesday, which is just the latest in a series of incidents in which the congressman has parroted or promoted the views of unabashed white supremacists and other bigots. So the tweet um, was King uh, tweeted, Europe is waking up. Will America in time? Question mark. And then he linked to an anti-immigrant tweet from political activist Mark Collett. Collett is one of British, uh, Britain's most high-profile white supremacists. He has expressed admiration for Adolf Hitler and has called himself a Nazi sympathizer. Uh, and since then, Steve King has gone very quiet. His office has not responded to multiple requests for comment. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just, isn't it fun that we just have elected representatives who are just straight up neo-nazis just super into nazis (laughs) just nazis so much uh it's it's i mean obviously steve king is one of the most overt but he is by no means alone no no not Not at at all. all um i just i mean every time i think it's the most overt steve king can get he outdoes himself yeah i mean remember he's the one that said that um People coming into Mexico have huge, have calves the size of cantaloupes because of the drugs they're carrying over the border. Yeah, that, that was... a weirdly specific lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that also feels like such an innocent time, Yeah. frankly, given all of the things that he's done since then. True, true. Uh, and here's the thing, like, I don't think it should be a successful... I wish it was not a successful strategy mm-hmm. to say something horrifically racist or xenophobic, go quiet... Mm. And then come back out and oh, like, yeah. no one asks you about it. No. I hope reporters hound him about this. Like, why did you retweet a neo-Nazi who supports Adolf Hitler? I mean, we know why, but yeah. what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, bring yeah. it up at every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Don't let him run away from it just because he doesn't address it. Um, so. I anxiously await his racist follower or his racist supporters in Western Iowa taking on um, all of the terrible, terrible jobs in agriculture that are being left open because of all of the deportations oh, that yeah. have been happening. I'm sure they'll be rushing. Oh, yeah. I bet yeah. They, they can't wait to work in a Hormel meat processing plant. Yeah, isn't it great? <sighs> Listen, I don't think anybody should have that job. I mean, I don't think we frankly, should eat meat. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly no one should be forced to work in the conditions that these people yes. are being forced to work in. Yeah, and, we could know, start we there. Can... We could start with making the jobs more humane and then eventually maybe you guys stop eating meat. Huh? I mean, I would say just let's eliminate all factory farms and force like a complete reevaluation of our food supply system and then yes, I from that. uh you know from there then we can figure out how to yeah because it's not like we have you know humane jobs and the mm-hmm. people picking our fruit either um the whole industry sucks the yeah. whole industry yeah so speaking of elections were we talking about elections i'm gonna crowbar this in we can still make it about elections okay great 
In a 5-4 decision, the Supreme Court ruled that Ohio did not violate federal law by purging voters from the state's rolls if voters did not vote for two years and failed to respond to a confirmation notice sent by the state. The case stemmed from a lawsuit brought by software engineer Larry Harmon. In 2015, Harmon went to vote on a state ballot measure only to find that he had been removed from the voter rolls. After sitting out a few elections, Ohio sent Harmon a confirmation notice that because Harmon did not respond, uh, triggered the multi-year process of removing him from its rolls. So this was a, a huge story uh, right before the election because people found out that, that Ohio had purged a lot of people. Um, a Reuters study in 2016 found that at least 144,000 people were removed from the voting rolls in recent years in Ohio's three largest counties, which are home to Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Columbus. Yeah. So guess where uh, a lot of liberals vote? Big cities. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll add, while this is not part of that case, uh, in the uh, the voter disenfranchisement that happened in Wisconsin around voter ID laws was uh, several times the number of votes that were Donald Trump's margin. I think it was something. It was over a hundred thousand people were disenfranchised, maybe yep. even more than that. And I think it was a twenty. 4,000 vote margin. So there are lots of states who are doing similar things. And that's why this is such a scary, scary decision. Yeah. And, you know, I don't understand how in some states it's been proven that Republicans have unfairly targeted black voters. Well, this is like you were twice as likely to be purged from the rolls if you were a black voter yeah. than a white voter. And when you target cities like Cleveland, Cincinnati and Columbus, these are neighborhoods that have high proportions of black voters. Mm -hmm. Like how in some states it's been proven this disproportionately affected black people. And then in a state like Ohio, it was like, oh, no big deal. Yeah. No big deal that you just knocked 144,000 people off the voter rolls. Like, yeah. that's insane. And we'll now commence to do a whole lot more. Mm. Um, and this is, you know, this is targeted, ex like, directly at the fact that Republicans could not and cannot win an election without gerrymandering, disenfranchisement, and straight-up unconstitutional denial of the right to vote yeah. um and that's because they know they'll lose if everybody who's eligible to vote right. is allowed to which at all at once is encouraging right because yeah. every time this happens i'm like oh they know we have the numbers mm -hmm. and they're just like they have to cheat otherwise yep. they'll lose yeah but at the same time i see what's happening with the courts 500 judges appointed by trump since he took office yeah and i'm like well we'll lose that battle oh yeah i mean they when the courts get to, to weigh in on this stuff they have now stacked things in such a way that even though it is they now just get to interpret these things in a way that allows it to happen we'll yeah. reinstate poll taxes and whatever the fuck else you want to talk to talk about in right. these situations um yeah and i'm then, not actually very optimistic and uh if you read ari berman's work at the nation at uh, rolling stone and yeah. at mother jones uh also in his book uh which i think is called give us the vote it's uh, all fascinating stuff, but it will also not make you feel very good about what's going to happen. I, th I think about that stuff, and then I'm also like, well, if we do have the numbers, then at a certain point, you know, direct action, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Take it to the streets and... Yeah, I... Uh, is a... But when I, I do think about it, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, we also live in New York, so there's a certain element of like, oh, fuck, because it's just not... 
we, you know, yeah. But if you live in places where this stuff is happening, there's, there's almost certainly got to be stuff you can do. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I <laughs> see if there are any badass high school kids trying to sign people up to register to vote with when they graduate. It's like, always young give it a kids, try. Man. Yeah, it's always young kids. There. That's another reason that I'm, I'm optimistic despite all of this. When I see everything on paper, when I see like the judges and like the 500 appointments and the 144,000 people knocked off the roll in Ohio, that can be very discouraging. But then I remember the fact that this younger generation is so politically engaged and so woke and like they know what's going on. They know their shit. Mm -hmm. And that's not, of course, to pass the buck and be like, take it away, kids. We fucking ruined it. So, uh, But I am encouraged by yeah. that. Well, to be fair, we didn't ruin it. Our parents ruined it. That's true. Fuck you, baby boomers. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of, yeah, we were, we rolled in uh, during late stage capitalism. Yeah, we really did. And I mean, you know, both of us are technically part of that generation that's never going to recover because we graduated. We're, old yeah, we're the old millennials. Yeah. And like we've, yeah, it's proven that we're just we're basically fucked, fucked we're totally forever. Fucked. Yeah. That's why I'm like, me. Do we just like learn how to garden and like find a big plot of land? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought we were going to do this. It was okay. going to be like our Have Minnesotan witch coven. Did we confirm? Okay, we confirmed. Yeah. Uh, I have it on a podcast now, so you yeah. can't take it back. Yes, yes, Allison, <laughs> we can. Yes, all right, we will start the coven. Jesus Christ, get off my back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great. Because th- all of these articles about like, uh, here's how to save for retirement i'm like are you fucking high like none of this is gonna happen for us no not at all this is not like oh you're not you're just not working hard enough and that's why if you just cool if you yeah because really your fucking task rabbit side hustle is going to be the thing that finally gives you that nest egg for the 401k of your dreams yeah i mean when our parents were kids they like they had one parent working and that parent could like buy a house had a pension plan sent all their kids to college like the idea of that now is just insane it's laughable it's laughable yeah Yeah. and then they accuse millennials of being lazy and it's like Mm -hmm. no we were born into late stage capitalism this whole thing was a hustle yeah and now it's collapsing in on itself Mm-hmm. Um, these are the reasons why I actually like despite the fact that I could be kind of mad at my parents for it I don't begrudge them the like insane trips they've been taking like around the world because no, they work their asses off to it's like over like anytime yeah. I hear uh, guys this is so bleak I'm sorry <laughs> but we're, the, we're the bad news section anytime like one of my friends who's already in debt is like hey I just I put a trip on my credit card and I'm going to travel I'm like good for fucking you it's over it doesn't matter the people who were like oh if you just put away a hundred dollars every month and you'll be okay no you won't no no you no won't. it doesn't happen that I'm way I'm not saying that to be like uh so lose all hope I'm just like just know we're all in this together and it's bad yeah. for everyone mm-hmm. and we will be okay because we'll take yeah. care of each other but fuck yeah fuck so I mean I have a dear friend who decided to say fuck it she's taking the GRE she decided she wanted to go back and get a higher education degree in and become like a sex therapist and an expert in you know sexual health and education because she writes about sex and so this has always been a dream and she's like well I'm still going to be in debt for my student loans forever anyway why why shouldn't I actually go and get a degree in something that could genuinely help people instead of writing dildo reviews for the rest of my career I was talking to my friend the other day and I was griping about my debt and she has like $400,000 in student loans. Yeah. And I have another friend who went to medical school and she's a quarter of a million dollars in debt. Yeah. Like, you're not paying that off. You're, you're no. not. I mean, not anytime soon. Unless no. like you start a very successful practice. But she also has two kids, mortgage. 
You know, like, yeah. No, no, you have it forever. It's never going away. There's no job you can get that's going to allow you like funny, weird thing. I was, uh, maybe an odd transition. I watched some of the early episodes of ER. Great. Uh, recently because it's on Hulu and they are shockingly frank about how unbelievably underpaid, overworked and in debt they all are like from the beginning. Like, yeah. yeah, Even in like 1993 or four, you know, these characters are talking about how they've got like so many student loans that they'll never pay off. And like, how are they supposed to do this? And like, we should be getting like a job at a nice practice. And so why would you ever want to be an ER doctor? Because you're so like poorly compensated for it. And like ER tried to warn us (laughs) and we didn't listen. Look, man, George Clooney was warning us about this. Dream about George Clooney (laughs) tried to warn us in the early nineties and we didn't listen to him. Yeah, you thought that Caesar haircut was was just the style of the moment. No, he was making a point about I don't know the fall of the Roman Empire. I lost the thread there. Or maybe I'm sorry. That doctors thing. are so poor they have to cut their own hair. Oh, that works too. Puts <laughs> <laughs> a bowl on his head and does his bangs. Guys, it's that time of the episode. That was real heavy stuff. But here is your good news. <laughs> All right. Good news. Good news item number one. Former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen likely to cooperate uh, in the investigation. Can you just imagine the like law and order SVU scene where he just breaks down crying and agrees to cooperate? (laughs) That's that's honestly how I pictured it. Like, (laughs) really drilling him. And then finally he's like, no, no, I had, all right, fine. You got me. I'm like, yeah, big tears. The, the big moment. Oh, you know that that would be when Ice-T calls him a little bitch. (laughs) And Ice-T's there for some reason. Uh, Oh, God, let that be true. That Mueller just has Ice-T in the room. Oh, and who's the other fucking detective? Uh, Uh, You mean Munch or... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and Munch is there with his little glasses. Oh, so good. Yeah, uh, and totally unsurprising. I mean, I knew Cohen would flip in a second. Yeah, I mean, he's a spineless. Yeah, for real. And like... All of these guys who were like, I would never, I would never squeal. I'm loyal to the end. The second they get in a room with fucking Mueller and like, it's us very serious charges. And they realize the gravity of how serious the situation they're in is. They freak out and they yeah. completely cave. Yeah. I mean, it is. I'm just going to go with even another pop culture. It's the moment of office space where he's like, you don't go to the white collar prison. You go to a federal like pound me in the ass prison, yeah, which is yeah. like a horrible joke. Rape jokes, prison rape jokes are bad. Not cool. But it is the moment they realize that, oh, right. White collar, like so-called white collar crime. Yeah. Not a small thing if you're you. the person that's going to get hung out to dry. Right. Exactly. Um, and also... This is interesting because he's been under criminal investigation for months. So the question is, like, how long has he been cooperating? Yeah. Um, Was he wearing any sort of, like, large flower lapel pins (laughs) when he was visiting Trump or anything like that? I just want bugs and all the cigars he's been hanging out and smoking with his buddies. Yeah, I know. He has no legal representation. Yeah, that's the sign of a really strong defense (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know so strong they don't even need to rep him yeah, like, you got this i mean they got nothing against yeah, you yeah you're a, you're a lawyer right yeah you went to some uh <laughs> law school 
Um, so just to remind everyone of what the fuck's going on, uh, Cohen's been under investigation for months uh, because of his personal business dealings and secret deals with Trump's alleged mistresses, if we want to call them mistresses, mm-hmm. um, uh, media organizations, and the 2016 presidential campaign. So he was making all kinds of shady business deals. The question is... Um, how much of this stuff Trump knew was going on. And it, it's pretty damning because this is his personal lawyer. So um, yeah, one's personal lawyer does not usually do this stuff unless they've been given an order to do it. Yeah, this is this is stuff that's like pretty directly contacted. And I will say also, while we've been recording, there's been a lot of news coming out about uh, confirmation that the Trump Foundation was definitely doing illegal shit during the 2016 <laughs> campaign. Right. Uh, Including but not limited to the $25,000 campaign donation to Pam Bondi, the former AG of Florida, and also someone who has gotten some very sweet deals from the Trump administration since the election. So, um, yeah, so that's like, it's definitely happening. Yeah, the New York Attorney General has filed the suit against Trump and his three eldest children. New York Attorney General, not Eric Schneiderman, by the way. Yes. This is current... um, Good person, or as good as you can get. If Better you're than a cop, Schneiderman. Yeah, um, yeah. Alleging persistently illegal conduct at the president's personal charity. This is from the Washington Post, saying Trump repeatedly misused the nonprofit to pay off his business's creditors, to decorate one of his golf clubs, and to stage a multi-million-dollar giveaway at his 2016 campaign events. We are just a country run by used car salesman oh just really really bad used car salesman like too the worst like they don't even have a commercial oh my god like the <sighs> guy who just waits on the lot with his fucking shirt rolled up to the sleeves and like his pants that don't really fit and just like he's sweating a lot because he's nervous oh my god he's a combination of buddy garrity and the chop shop plot of friday night lights yep, exactly <gasps> exactly that's who's running the country right now. Yeah. Uh, also in good-ish news, Sarah Sanders and Raj Shah are both planning to depart the White House. Um, uh, can't get them out of here soon enough. Yep. Uh, just in case anybody forgot, Raj Shah is the principal deputy uh, press secretary under press secretary Sarah Sanders. Um, they're both peacing out. <laughs> I'm just glad that I don't have to listen to Sarah Sanders anymore. Spout a bunch of bullshit. Um, that's exciting. And like, I know another asshole is just going to take her place, but it's like, I don't know. Just keep making them cycle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just come in. Maybe if they'll be they're a little less good at what they do, a little bit more easily rattled, yeah. a little bit worse at lying than like maybe you at least get something. I don't know. I just, just hope it's a guy so we can stop this bullshit of everything's like, like the Michelle Wolf thing. Like, oh, yeah. That she was attacking her appearance, which she was not. That we can, like, sidestep all of those landmines and just, like, make fun of a man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, too, am looking forward to the moment when we can once again make fun of a man. <laughs> I'm always just waiting for that next moment where I'm like, is there a man? Can I make fun of him? Uh, and then also, guys, and possibly most importantly... Oh, my God. I don't know, Meredith, if you were following the minute-by-minute details... Oh, I was. ...of this dramatic story. Guys, there was a raccoon high-climbing a skyscraper in St. Paul, Minnesota, and it was 
honestly the most suspenseful thing I've ever seen. It, it was so suspenseful that I couldn't really follow it because I was so afraid it was going to fall. Um, but people were live tweeting it and it was just this little raccoon. He climbed 20 stories. She, Allison. She, she, she. sorry. Sorry, she. Girl power. Girl power. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> lean in. Lean into the building so you don't fall 20 stories. Oh, no. Um, Look, this is just a really good argument for keeping your claws sharp. As hell, yes. So she was climbing up this... 24-story sc- building. Oh. And, like, people inside the skyscraper got footage of her, like, chilling on a windowsill and, like, grooming herself. Um, And then there were, like, raccoon experts talking to the media who were, like, um, they're nocturnal. So she's probably just freaked out right now because people are looking at her. Mm -hmm. So let's wait until the night. And they put a trap on the roof. And they were, like, she'll make her way up there. Live trap, by the way, everybody. Don't worry. Yeah, 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 she's okay. Um, I think, I hope. Yeah, she's fine. Uh, And we'll trap her when she gets on the roof. So people were like, okay. But it was so scary. She was so little. And seeing this little creature, like, determinedly, you know, climb its way up. Climbing vertically up a skyscraper. Also, great metaphor for 2018, I feel. (laughs) A tiny trash panda desperately clinging to the side of a building. That's what I feel like every day. I feel like the tiny trash panda just barely clinging to the side of a 20-story building and like hoping I won't fall. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I was because everything else is terrible. I'm like, this little raccoon's gonna fall to its death, and I can't watch it. And then she fucking did it. She made it. And they have footage of like the final moments. Yeah. Someone was there like in the middle of the night filming. Oh yeah. And got her like climbing the foot or so left and like climbing up onto the roof. And I like I was like laughing, crying, and clapping at the same time. Yeah. And it, it was also chronicled pretty uh, epically by uh, people from Minnesota Public Radio because nice. the Minnesota Public Radio building is right next to oh the building where uh, our trash panda heroine was clawing, like climbing. So they were, that's why the hashtag was MPR raccoon. Oh. Okay, I was wondering. I'm like, what's yeah. NPR? So uh, I think it's actually Tim Nelson. Is that yes. like, yeah? Tim I'm Nelson. pretty sure he's the one that said that. Uh, li- like while he live tweeting the raccoon climbing the building, got him as many like doubled his followers oh, can, that he yeah, like the number of followers that he'd amassed over a 25 year career in journalism. <laughs> this is all he had to do. Yeah, it was just well, it just all you have to do is be near the the viral sensation. Right. Um, but yeah, there were, I saw many beloved uh, Minnesota public radio figures with their little cameras, like looking up at the building to get a better look oh at, at the raccoon. So yeah, guys, so if yeah. you, if you missed it and you want to see it recapped, hashtag MPR M as in Minnesota PR raccoon. That's the minute by minute <laughs> play of everything that happened. But honest, Oh, there's her. She's in her little cage. Uh, she was. She ate some soft cat food. She's been caught. She'll be picked up by the wildlife management. Oh, baby. It's just a undeniable feel-good story, and that's okay. Yeah, she. Um, they're gonna take her. Apparently, the wildlife firm's texts live up by Rogers and Zimmerman. Where there's lots of land and they'll release her up there. 
So, yeah, that's like a, a particularly lovely area oh. of the city of St. Paul. So Little baby. If you haven't seen it, though, check it out because there are some close-ups of her little face. And I love raccoons. I think they're so cute. Um, I know they're like little demons. Yeah. But they're so cute. I, you know, I'll take it. Like, they're they're still adorable. I shouldn't say they're little demons. They, they are very mischievous. They can, like, get in places. Yeah. I mean, they will mess with you if they you will. mess with and them. And they're very so. clever, and they have little hands that they can manipulate. Like, you'll lock something and think it's totally locked, and a raccoon will get in there. Uh, but I think they're so cute. Oh, my goodness. Have you d- heard of um, Pumpkin the raccoon? Yes, I have. Was I the one who told you? Yeah, you it? were. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> Don't worry, Allison. You've definitely made sure. Yeah. Oh, God, I love raccoons so much. I mean, I just need animal content all the time, which is why I'm basically always asking people to send me corgi videos, footage of baby elephants rolling in mud. Oh, man. I know we have plugged Yashar Ali before on the show, but if you want primo elephant content, follow Yashar on Twitter. Yeah. All right. And I think it's like the, the DWST elephant sanctuary in Kenya which is pretty perfect I am constantly falling in love with new baby elephants my god Meredith did you see the trailer for Dumbo no because Dumbo traumatized me so Uh horribly as a child I refused to even think about anything new because I still remember how upset I was when they ripped baby Dumbo Uh away from his raging mother who Uh was just trying to protect him much like Asylum-seeking women yes. bringing their babies. Bring it home. I was like, do you really think I can handle that? Oh. No. I'd rather see Hereditary by myself at midnight. <laughs> yeah, I, no lie, got three seconds. So I'll, I'll explain the trailer for you so you don't have to see it. Oh, thank God. The whole trailer, they're singing that fucking sad song. <gasps> and three seconds in to the trailer, I'm crying. The animation, from what I can see, is beautiful. They show the fucking mom locked away and, like, her, she's crying. They show the, the trailer she's in rolling away as Dumbo watches. They, Dumbo is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Like, the animation's really good. And when they find him, he's, like, hiding in the hay and, like, you just see his eyes. Ugh. And then the music is beautiful and it's like swelling and Danny DeVito is the master of ceremonies and, and Colin Firth is one of the guys working at the circus. It's just beautiful. The footage in it. And then the, like the final scene is uh, Dumbo flying off the platform and I'm sobbing watching it. It's so good. And listen, Tim Burton has ruined everything. So mm-hmm. I'm just braced for the movie to be bad, but the trailer is gorgeous. Okay. I mean, and it's also like he's in his prime. It's, a circus so like visually it's stunning yeah all of those things sound totally valid I, there's no way in <laughs> hell like, I'm, I'm gonna see this fucking movie I refuse you can't make me I don't think I could handle it I really I'm don't say no I'm not this is just it's too much I don't remember when she rocks them with her fucking trunk yeah that was cool everybody I hope they cut mm. the crows oh I mean yikes and yet it's Tim Burton, so you know they probably won't. He probably got Johnny fucking Depp to play the crows. And then he'll be mad where he's like, you said I don't have people of color in my movie. What about the fucking crows? Huh? Oh, yeah. That's definitely going to be a Johnny Depp role. They're going to be like, yeah, Johnny, you got to do seven different crow voices and sing. Yes, I guess you can have your band singing the song. God, I like, hope he's not in it. It was nice to see a Tim Burton trailer without Johnny Depp in it. Um, um, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I'm still stuck on uh, the last 
movie trailer that made me cry, which is the Mr. Rogers documentary. Um, oh, I have not seen it. Oh, I have not either. I have I the trailer or the no, movie is like. Oh yeah, I know. I I watched the trailer and was bawling, and then I started reading some reviews of it, and I was bawling, and now I'm kind of afraid to see the movie because I know there's nothing that's going to you know could possibly make me cry as hard. <laughs> I know. Uh, guys, please follow Meredith and send Meredith cute animal things at Meredith I need them. L. Clark on Twitter. If you have any thoughts about anything we talked about today, hashtag Light Treason Pod on Twitter. That's where you can talk to us. Please go to lighttreason.news. Hit that donate button. Keep us going for as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation. It's really, really important, especially right now, guys, because things are chaotic. And thank you to everybody who's supporting right now. Uh, it means a lot. And if you're in a position to upgrade, please do that today. Thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>